Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. I saw the story taking a different direction. I, what? I sort so of I was saw losing? You, no, I saw you carrying your bag up the parking lot hill as you're going towards the lot, and you're going to be up by the pool. Yeah. And I just imagine a young 15-year-old boy huffing and puffing going, excuse me, Mr. Kornheiser, excuse me, I believe you owe me $16. <laughs> that would have been that would have been better, actually. <laughs> and I'd have reached into my wallet, and I'd and thrown a 20 I, on I the ground like some, Sonny Corleone. I junk on the back. <laughs> yeah. It's Sonny Corleone. Here, take money. Get out of here. This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Speaking of golf, Michael, you played a little bit yesterday before the rain blew yes, you off the course. Yes, first event over at Argyle Country Club. They always do a great job. We were, we were blown off after 11 due to the uh, storms that you saw they were coming all day long, and when they broke, they really broke. So not necessarily here in this house. We had some rain, but we didn't have terrible thunderstorms. You could hear thunder, but... It, it, so it's it interesting. Never I got the update from Liz that it really broke down by us, but we're closer to the Virginia line, so it probably just stayed a little west and then circled around to the north. Yeah, I saw it. Well, certainly, in I was watching the news last night, and West Virginia, uh, the Harpers Ferry area, had tornadoes, and Frederick, Maryland, had stuff like that. But how many? You played ten holes. Played eleven. Did you play well? Yeah, I, I had driven it over number eleven green, failed to hit the green from a greenside bunker, and had to make a five footer for par. So how do you think I played? Oh, made a lot of good par putts. Okay, that's good. That's good to know. I'm happy for that. And by the way, you'll be happy to know that I have taken all of my clubs and accoutrement out of the pen bag, and it's at the door when Great. I expect I will, you. I will take it back to the basement where we can keep it safe for the next ten to twenty years. But the basement here? <laughs> oh yes. You're going to keep it in my basement I after just want, I cleaned I want, it. I want to remind you that it's here and that it is claimed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Did you hear the the binging from your phone in the other room? No. I went outside in the rain and I took a picture of that rhododendron that you wanted it's beautiful. to remember. Beautiful. Yes, I do want to remember the it. dying rhododendron. Uh, it is, and well, we're all dying plants sometimes a little quicker than people but um it's so pretty that i want to be able to remember it at that point in time when i can't remember anything else i want to be able to i remember just thought that. you wanted to send me on a task in the rain no no i was out with the dog in the rain i did it was not it's not heavy rain so i want to tell a story um i want to tell a story about what happened to me the other day i'm not going to name specific names in this story but this is, I know that a lot of people who listen to this, they think, oh, Tony Kornheiser's on television and, you know, and he gets everything he wants and he makes a phone call and everybody snaps to attention and he jumps the line and he doesn't have any worries. And as I tell you many times, I'm pretty much the same as you. You on, don't jump the line. There is no line. Yeah. There's, I'm pretty much the same as you and I am subject to the same whims that you are subject to. Now, often, I'm able to make a connection and get something accomplished quickly, but not all the time. And this is an example of my life, which is everybody's life, and it's infuriating. I have had a swollen right ankle off and on for the last two years. I have gone to a doctor. I have had ultrasound to see if there's anything forming a blood clot in my right side to see if there's any reason why I should be getting this swelling and this pain. And I had it for about two months and then it went away. That was about a year and a half ago. And then it came back about a month ago, swelling in the ankle and the same sort of pain. So I went back to the same doctor who I really like a lot, Dr. Kaguchi. And she said, look, I, I don't see anything in particular. So I want you to get an MRI on your right ankle. I want to see if maybe there's a torn ligament, if there's some sort of hairline break, if there's something in there that we need x-rays to see, right? So that makes sense, doesn't it? So we made an appointment. My appointment was for yesterday at 7.30 in the morning to get to go to the radiology place and get an MRI. I've had MRIs before. You know, it's noisy, but it's, you know, it's no big deal. It's nothing, really. You read about this all the time that athletes get MRIs. Michael, have you had MRIs in your life? Sean, have you had MRIs in your life? I have not. Okay. Nigel, have you had MRIs in he your life? He doesn't see doctors. Yeah, oh. I, don't, I don't believe in doctors, no. Oh, okay, great. So anyway, a lot of people have had them, and, and I was going to get one. And I was, I don't want to say I was looking forward to it, but I'm looking forward to the resolution of what is wrong with my ankle. 
So this appointment was made about, I don't know, 10, 12 days ago. And I, I obtained an order, the medical order that I then give to the people at the MRI store, which, which proves to them that I have an actual doctor telling me to do this. Well, I get a call from the MRI people the day before or two days before, no, the day before, and they say, we, we, we can't take you in. We can't take you in. We can't do it. And I go, why? He said, your insurance company hasn't approved this yet. I said, oh, really? Why? And they said, well, we don't know, but they haven't approved it yet. I said, oh, okay. So then I said, well, how much does it cost? And they said, it's about $400 and you need two of them. So I said, well, look, I'm old and I've saved money and I want to do this. I'll pay for it. And I couldn't even imagine that somebody would say you can't do that. It was unimaginable the, the response I got, which is, no, we can't let you do that because we have deals with insurance companies and we have to wait for approval or disapproval. If they disapprove, you can do it. And if they approve, you won't have to do it. And I said, yeah, but I can't do it tomorrow. That I, I want to do it tomorrow because it's been on my schedule for 10 days and I've moved everything around so I can do it tomorrow. And this very earnest young man said, we can't let you do that. You have to get approval. Now, at this point, I wanted to just explode. I want, my head was going to explode as a result of this. This was more annoying to me than Tanner Rainey coming into a game and giving up a grand slam to a pitcher. To a pitcher, okay? Which happened last night. Tanner Rainey, thank you very much. So I wondered what I should do, and I consulted with somebody who said a lot of times, if you go directly to the insurance company, that, that's helpful. You know, you just you sort of prod them into a decision because these things are very pro forma. You know, you get a request for an MRI. It's not that big a deal. It happens 50,000 times a day. So I call the insurance company and I get somebody who is, as you know, reading from a script. Everybody reads from a script. Everybody in customer service from any place that employs more than three people is reading from a script. They get your name, they call you by name, they tell you they can't wait to help you, they inquire about your day, they, you know, all of that. And at the end, of course, at the end, they say, is there anything else we can help you with? And then you are reminded when they haven't helped you at all. Yeah, with, the, you, with, uh, with you, they're reading from the de-escalating script. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're reminded of the line, the great line from broadcast news. Well, I certainly hope you'll die soon. Uh, so... So this person said, yeah, we've got it. We didn't get it until a day or so ago, you know, so we have to make a decision, but okay, I'll get back to you. And then she called back and she said, we'll have a decision today. Will you let me know? Yeah. You know, let you know. Well, I never, they never called back. That was on Monday. Today's Wednesday. They never called back Tuesday either. Now this is the right that an insurance company has. They have, they will tell you that they've got 10 days or 12 days or 14 days to make a decision, which is fine. I understand because I guess they're overwhelming things. But this was one of those events in which I said to myself, you know, then, then why, is it, why is it even scheduled? Why do I even schedule it if I can't rely on this? And it was the part that, you know, that they said you cannot pay for it yourself. I don't under, do you understand that? I don't understand that. Yeah, it's because they get the deal that they're getting with the insurance group. And now I just wonder. What about people who don't have insurance at all? What do they do? Why is this so needlessly complicated? Do you see this with a lot of medicines too? Are you trying to get medicine that you need? For me, it's been, you know, allergies. And you start to say, well, this is the, this is the no, the nasal spray that is, you know, the, the in vogue one for right now. And it's, oh, list price is $400. And you go, well, we'll have to get this through it. And it becomes so complicated to get anything done. And now they're looking at you going, okay, well, he's giving you a good deal. He's willing to go 800 out of pocket for yeah. one and two. Yeah. So let's jack this thing up to, you know, three times the price and see where he's going next. <laughs> so, you know, so he wants to get in today. Uh, I mean, I wanted, I wanted to do this. I'm in a certain amount of pain. I don't think it's life threatening, but I'm in a certain amount of pain. And I went through all the procedures you're supposed to go through and have it recommended to me, and then I'm told I can't do it. So now maybe I'll do it next week, or maybe I'll do it the week. I mean, so I don't know. That's what's most frustrating for me is you're a very thorough person when it comes to I'm organized. making and keeping yes. your appointments. So yeah. you're following the directions. You're making sure you're within the proper windows. You're not missing I, I didn't yell at anybody. I was very appreciative at the time. But as it turned out, I couldn't do it. And now, now I've scheduled an appointment for next week. 
So maybe they will get to where they approve or disapprove by next week. But again, here are the questions that are raised. What if you have no insurance? You know, and you see a doctor, you know, you go to a walk-in center and you see a doctor and a doctor recommends X, Y, or Z and you can't do it. You can't do it. I think this is probably why people hate insurance companies. I mean, that's my guess. I think if you polled a lot of people and you put 10 things down on what do you hate the most, I think insurance companies would be pretty high up. Am I right? Well, Nigel, you don't deal with insurance. You don't deal with anything. No, but this this does remind me um, of a time I, I was flying out west um, uh, to California, and I had a connecting flight in Philadelphia, and I got started getting notices that my flight leaving D.C. to go to Philadelphia was being it's delayed be and delayed, and it was going to make me miss the connecting flight in Philadelphia. What so, good is that? I caught the train up to Philadelphia, then took a, a, a mm. cab over to the airport, got there, right. and I said, hey, I made it. And they said, well, we can't put you on this plane. I said, well, can I buy a ticket? They're like, no, we can't let you do that. And so I had this great back and forth. I'm like, I've got well, cash money right now. That's well, suspicious. Yeah. yeah what's and, the difference? <laughs> Why can't know. you do it? Finally, somebody, somebody, somebody did not make it to that flight, and they put me on it. But I, I just remember being right. furious that my money was no good for them. And I was like, I've done everything I was supposed to do. You weren't going to get me there in time, so I had to do this. And um, it's incredibly frustrating. And uh, if I were you, yeah, I, I would have just laid the money on the table and said, let's do this right now. I was willing to do that, and they said, don't even well, show it's up. Why, it's why the benefit package becomes so important when you are transitioning or looking for jobs, particularly as, as your family structure or you, or you change or, or age. But your, your first assumption, which is, I have a problem. I'm going to go see the best specialist that I can, shows yeah. just the privilege that, that healthcare is, because most people are saying, how can I avoid seeing a doctor at any point? And we're beginning to look at this idea of a tiered society about like who's been vaccinated, who has not been vaccinated, what are you allowed to do, what what sort of access do I have by showing this little paper card? And now you're sitting there going like, yes, to go into say like a, a CVS walk-in clinic, what type of uh, remediation am I getting just so I c- it doesn't get worse? Just let me not yeah. get worse. So so I think that there are people listening saying, good, good. You know, do you TV think, doesn't help them. <laughs> do you think this is because you used to have broken ankles and all the time. deep sprains all the all time? All the time. I think it's, yeah, I think it's carryover from my youth on some level, but I would just, you know, I was sort of amazed. I thought I had played by all the rules. I thought I was doing exactly what you're supposed to do. In fact, I got some advice, indeed, call the insurance company, and I did. And they were very pleasant, but, you know, nothing. Nothing happened. That, I think that's the part you call up banks and you call up credit companies it it doesn't matter who you call up and the people who talk to you are always so nice to you but nothing ever happens right you become a dog chasing your own tail and then at the end is there anything else i can help you with well you you haven't actually helped me with this (laughs) no no yeah could you could you go to the store and buy some coffee for me you know at the keurig so that i could have it and i don't have to go i mean just no Anyway, all right, great. I just wanted to tell you that. We'll take a break. I said I didn't want to dwell on Tanner Rainey. I just, I, I just don't. Uh, we'll take a break. When we return, Brian Windhorst will join us. Talk about the NBA. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Indochino ad. I don't even have to do it. Nigel, talk about Indochino and what you've done. When I go in to get my MRIs at the MRI store, yeah. I always wear my Indochino suits. I have three of these suits. They're brilliant looking. Um, you can design them, you know, custom design them anywhere with the lapels or monograms, the cuffs, however you want to do it. They've got great shirts there, French cuff shirts, which I've also got a couple of those. Um, and, and it's tailored to your measurements. Now, you can go to a tailor and do this, which is what I, what I recommend, or you could do it as I did it with a piece of rope and a yardstick. But then they're your measurements, and that suit is going to fit you. It's not off the rack it's custom tailored to you it's a great deal for you yeah what they're saying now is indochino will give you the perfect custom wedding suit with every detail accounted for and much more affordable than you think indochino offers completely custom fitted suits coats and more wear at surprisingly affordable prices like those shirts nigel talked about every piece is made to your exact measurements and you can customize every detail from breathable linen fabrics for warm weather weddings to statement linings you can create a suit that fits and your style fits you and your style. It should say you. It copies bad. You can create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly. The best part is that Indochino's suits start at just $299 and all the customizations that everybody gets for higher price suits, you get for that suit. 
Shop the wedding collection or book a virtual style consultation at Indochino.com. Right now, you can get $50 off any purchase of $399 or more by using the code TONYK at checkout. That's $50 off a purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, Indochino.com. The promo code is TONYK. Use the code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Here's a letter that we get. It's written, this is Eric DeVrent, the owner of the official quick service restaurant of the Tony Kornheiser Show, the Chick-fil-A at Westchester Commons in Midlothian, Virginia, writing to share some brilliant new songs from a dear friend of mine, Brody Bond. Brody hails from Towson, Maryland. I suppose it's the Friendship Heights of Baltimore in many ways. And he and I met while attending James Madison University years ago. While Brody is the chief creative officer of a brand management agency by day, I suspect that after listening to these tunes, you and your loyal littles might join me into thinking that he just might have the chops to make a little extra scratch busking at Purple Line stations, if that thing ever gets open. (laughs) This is a song called Anchor to the Wind, and it plays in Brian Windhorst, and we will hear him later as well, um, Brody Bond. So stay tuned. Brian joins us now, and let's let's just start. There's a million places to start, but let's start with the greatest player in the game and the most important player of the game, LeBron James, and I would have normally started with the notion that he hates the play-in, which he was made aware of just a week ago that they were cascading <laughs> towards the play-in because he's never been in a play-in. You know, he never been close to that. He finishes one or two. But I think of, of greater interest is he's out again. He's going to miss at least two games. His ankle is bad. And you know what, Brian? Since he joined L.A., he's missed an awful lot of games. A, is he breaking down? And B, will he be ready for the playoffs at enough strength to sustain the Lakers? Well, the groin injury that he had two years ago was definitely a sign of age. Um, He took a bad step. He's taken that step a million times in his life, and it wrecked his season. This one was just a freak injury. It was just freak. He gets rolled up on from behind, and it looked so bad right away. And, you know, I, I've i talked to football players back when I used to not just cover basketball, but I remember talking to football players who had high ankle sprains who said it bothered them for six months. Oh, and I know, every, I know every injury is different and what have you, but um, LeBron has never had a high ankle sprain in his career. He's had 300 low ankle sprains, and, you know, his – those ligaments are so stretchy that he just tightens his shoes and keeps right on going. He's, the man has turned that ankle so many times, I can't even believe it. But this is a totally different injury. Um, I actually think it's better to break your ankle than have a low ankle sprain mm-hmm. or, or a high ankle sprain. High ankle sprain, yeah. Because it heals so slowly. It's a completely different ligament. I'm not an orthopedist, but I've been around a, a little bit. And so... In, I just I think it's going to bother him. He may he may be bothered by this at the start of next season. And I suspect when he you know starts to give honest interviews later on, he can't right now because you know, he's in the middle of the fight. He'll say how bad this injury you know is, and he came back too early clearly, and it's you know it's it's probably going to be one of the most dominating storylines that defines this NBA playoffs. Now, I don't know, Tony, in another two weeks, will it be better and all of a sudden just a little bit more flexibility? You could cut a little bit better and it makes a big difference? Yeah, it could happen. I, I, I don't know. But as soon as that happened, I went, man, this whole season is hinging on what happens to that ankle. And that's, that's why it's hard <laughs> to win multiple titles and stuff like that. You got to stay healthy. All right, so we'll we'll hold that in abeyance for the time being, and I'll move to the other question about him hating the play-in and saying that whoever designed this should be fired. He's not the only player to say that they don't like the play-in. As a fan, I, of course, love the play-in. Everybody's going to love the play-in. Look at the baseball wild cards. They're fabulous. But where is he, you know, relative to other players on the play-in? Because we have not heard from Adam Silver, and that was a shot right at Adam Silver. Yeah, can you imagine if, uh, I mean, this is quite obvious, Adam Silver and David Stern operate quite differently. Um, yeah. If somebody took a shot at David Stern or threatened oh, come, to fire Oh, come one, right back up, yeah. 
Yeah. Yes, that's right. Um, but Adam Silver needs LeBron James, and so he'll just say, okay, good to hear, LeBron. Um, you know, he'll say that the Players Association approved it, which you're a member of, and have been on the board for many years, so take it up with them. Um, in many ways, Tony, this is a, um, a get-it-in season. Uh, you know, this season is not going to go down in history as one of the great seasons in the NBA, I don't think. And, I, you know, we see all these blowouts, and I understand. This is not the best foot forward that the NBA is having. They're, they're just trying to get it in. Um, they're yeah. just trying to save the money that they can. And that's just the reality. And the play-in tournament is part of it. Um, and, you know, I think that the NBA took advantage a little bit of this situation, of all the downsides that they had. They've been dreaming of doing something like this for years, and they used this odd season to put it in. And I don't think they'll ever take it away. Because uh, not only does it engage more teams, I mean, I think even as of now, I think there's only six teams that have been totally eliminated from the playoffs that are, that are totally out. I know that there's forces you to play hard for the last two weeks. You got to play hard. Yeah. And there hasn't been as much tanking. Um, Now we're going to see some tanking here this last 10 days. I promise you. Um, And more, there was fewer sell off at the trade deadline. Um, It just involves more teams. And I know that 16 teams already make the playoffs and adding a couple to this little tournament doesn't make that big of a difference. But for, for a lot of fan bases, it does engage them. I mean, the Golden State Warriors are about the best thing going in the NBA right now, and they are there because of the play-in. And uh, my friend, and a friend of the, the show, Tim Bontemps, made a, mm-hmm. a line that I think was the best retort to that you could possibly have to LeBron, which is that if the Lakers end up in the play-in and play the Warriors, the person who came up with it will not only not get fired, but probably get a raise. Yeah, because everybody will watch. Because you have Steph Curry and LeBron James, the two biggest stars, and then Kevin Durant, I guess, is, is right there. Is Steph Curry, is he good enough? I don't think he's good enough to win a playoff series. I mean, they might get into the, into the playoffs at seven or eight, but I don't think they can win. I, four out of seven, the best teams win. Do you agree or disagree on that? Yes. I mean, you, do, you definitely see in the NBA one player who's white hot do strange things in the playoffs. But one of the things that's happening in the NBA right now, Tony, is that nobody is having practice time and nobody is having prep uh, for these games. And so once you get to the playoffs, I hope and expect that game plans will come in. Teams will begin to uh, actually begin to install wrinkles defensively. They'll prepare for their opponents. And against Steph Curry, who's basically the only offensive weapon on that team, That's right. they That's would begin right. to shut down and take away things, and he wouldn't be able to score 40 points every game. And if he did have to score 40, he'd need 35 shots. So, uh, no, I do not see that as carrying on in the playoffs, but, boy, is it fun to watch right now um, at this section of the season. So I have to deal with Wilbon every day, and he is loath, of course, to say anything negative about the NBA. So what he'll say is, oh, you know, they'll push. They'll push the other team. They'll know they were in a series. And I'll say 4-1, and he goes, yeah. And I goes, that's not pushing anybody. 4-1 is not push. It's not a push. It's like a team rolls over. They win one game, and that's it. And he wants to make it into something where the other team feels, oh, God, this was tough. Anyway, let me get to Scott Brooks. Scott Brooks said something that I think is just just fantastically wrong. No, I mean, I don't even understand how the guy could say it that Russell Westbrook is going to leave the game as the second greatest point guard ever only to Magic Johnson. It's just, it's, it's not recognizing history on any level or what Westbrook does relative to other people. But you follow this far more closely than I do. Is he right or is he wrong? And I think he's stupidly wrong. But that's just Of course me. he's wrong, Tony. But, thank you. you know, let's keep in mind what the situation is. Scott Brooks' contract is up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, you know, you know, they've played remarkably well in the last third of the season, the last half, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's a, it's a strange scenario for him because he's a veteran coach and it's unusual for him to typically veteran coaches don't come down to their contracts expiring. And I don't know what's going to happen there. I really don't. I, I talk to people we've gotten into the season where we start talking about what coaches are going to be let go or what have you. When I talked to executives and agents, I was just talking 
to one of the most prominent coaching agents last week. He doesn't represent Scott. We are musing as to what will happen there, whether the Wizards will keep him, whether they'll keep him and offer him one year, which nobody wants, or whether, you know, what have you. And Russell Westbrook is, is Scott Brooks' biggest ally. He was his biggest yep. ally in Oklahoma City, and, you know, he really likes them. And so um, I just sort of smirked at that. Um, again, years down the road or months, whatever it'll be, when Scott can tell the truth, I suspect he will revise his list. But he's hanging on to that job, and keeping Westbrook happy and his, and, and his huge supporter is pretty important in that job. And so he's going to say and do what he's got to say and do. It hates it. It just angers me. I hate having to say this so much, but I suspect if we're going to talk about coaches, that Wilbon is right. I expect that Tom Thibodeau actually is the coach of the year with what he's done with the Knicks. Don't you? I don't know if he'll win it. Um, one of the things that happens with NBA awards is kind of like Oscars. You know how sometimes uh, back when the Oscars were watchable, um, you know how <laughs> like this year. one movie. One movie is deemed like, well, this is the year. You say, well, what about when that guy made a movie seven years ago that was better? Yeah, it wasn't his year. This year is his year. So we'll win Best Screenplay and Best Director and uh, Best Original Score, and you see these movies just sweep the awards. Right. This is the jazz this year. Um, oh, so it's Quinn Snyder's year? Rudy Gobert is going to win Defensive Player of the Year. Jordan Clarkson is going to win. I mean, assuming that they finish off number one in the West, which is – not 100%, but they've got a good chance. Jordan Clarkson is going to win six-man. And I think Quinn Snyder, because they're a top-five offensive and defensive team, I think okay. Quinn Snyder might do it. Also, Monty Williams is a strong candidate. But whether Tom takes the award or not, the New York Knicks are riding a magic carpet right now. And it is very rare for the Knicks to be on a honeymoon. But that's what, and Tom Thibodeau to be on a honeymoon. This is not what anybody yeah. would expect. Um, whether he wins that award or not, or finishes second or third or what have you, it's not going to change this incredible season. And we're going to have the Knicks in the playoffs. And right now they're in fourth place and they're on a brutal West Coast trip. I don't know if they can hang on to it, but they may end up with home court in the first round at the Garden. And that's one of the more, I mean, every year in the NBA we see unexpected things. It's the nature of the game. But if you'd have told me at the start of the season that the that the New York Knicks, oh no, no chance, they're going to make the playoffs, but have home court in the first round, I would have zero told you, chance. Please, please stop calling me. Yeah, it's it's, it's it was, yes, you're 100 percent right. So let me get to the biggest star of the New York Knicks over the last 10 years is no longer with them. Who would be Carmelo Anthony? Who didn't do much while he was there, but he just accomplished something that I will say surprised me. I really did surprise me. He's now 10th all time in scoring. Oh. It's 10th. I mean, there's a lot of great players, and he's 10th all-time in scoring. Um, what do you make of that? That's, that's a, a big-time accomplishment, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. I mean, he's a first-out Hall of Famer. <laughs> um, I will say this about Carmelo. Uh, I could say a lot of things about Carmelo that were disappointments, but I will say two things about him that are unassailable, and you take your hat off to him. He is a all-time great scorer. Uh, the man has scored since his first moment in the league and scored across the league in many different situations, and that is not, you know, that is not to be dismissed. The other thing is he's been incredibly resilient. Yeah. He's had injuries. Um, he's, yeah. he's bounced around from team to team. Uh, he's basically been told, you're not good enough for this league anymore. And I got to tell you, resiliency is not to be dismissed as an important trait in the NBA. I would argue that one of LeBron's great traits is resiliency. This is a man who's taken it in the teeth in the finals six times, six times, and um, has always come back the next year uh, ferociously. And I would tell you that Carmelo Anthony, I thought he was long done. I thought nobody wants this guy. And not only has he come back, he's having a productive section of his career, and he will come back next season. He'll be in the NBA next season for, I think, will be his eight, 18th year. Did he miss the year? You know, but, you know, he, he will be his 19th since he got drafted. But, you know, you play that long, hats off, sir. No, good for him. You know, I don't like him as a player and never really did, but I, 
agree with you. And I often think about Wilbon is always telling me how great Derrick Rose is on those categories. And I want to say he's not as good as Carmelo. I mean, Carmelo, you know, is is older and and still. I didn't think he'd be in the league. I'm I'm very impressed. Like you, I'm very impressed with him. Right? What else can you say? I to Tony, I, I I you know, there's a, Carmelo has a lot of fans because he played for the Knicks and and what have you. And I was just you know, I would do television shows and radio shows, and I would say you know, two years ago, I don't know, he's done. No, nobody wants him. Nobody wants him. Um, you know, he's he's a little arrogant and he and he can't defend and he's not as good as he used to. Yeah. And here yeah. he is, and he's going to yeah. be in the league next year. Good for him. Good for him. Brian, thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll talk to you down the road. Appreciate it. Have a good day, Tony. Brian Windhorst, who we love. We love him. We will take a break. We will come back. News. Gary and Chris will join us, and we'll do a whole bunch of news stories that Nigel has picked out. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening, You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the spoonful of comfort, Reed. Um, I've told you this before. It's soup, and it's rolls, and it's cookies, and it's packaged beautifully, and it's wonderful. And it's not anything that I ever would have thought of as a gift. And so I'm glad that people smarter than I have thought of this as a gift, Spoonful of Comfort. It's the perfect Mother's Day gift. Send a care package from Spoonful of Comfort. Mom will get a complete meal with soup, rolls, and cookies. It's a meal she doesn't have to cook. Spoonful is something unique, different, and easy, easy, easy. They gift wrap, include custom note card with your message to mom, deliver right to her door, guaranteed. You can pre-order now, get it off your plate, spoonfulofcomfort.com. Order now at spoonfulofcomfort.com. You can get 10% off, boys and girls, if you use the coupon code PODCAST10, you get 10% off. That's what they want me to read. I just want to repeat this again because it's a, it is an ad for Mother's Day. It's a wonderful gift, but it's a wonderful gift for yourself, for your own family. And there I'm, it is. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I had the chicken noodle soup and I had the spring vegetable soup and there was enough in it so that I had it over two days or three days each one. It made me very, very happy. I do. I like soups. And I just, I also applaud sort of the novelty of certain gifts. And I applaud this spoonful of comfort. This is the Tony Kornheiser show. Once again, this is Brody Bond. And once again, from the letter by Eric DeVrent, who writes, both attached songs, Anchor to the Wind and Fly With You, this is Fly With You, were recorded and produced in Nashville last year and inspired by the beauty and the wonder of marriage, parenthood, faith, and self-reflection at their intersection. I find Brody's artistry and musicianship inspiring. I'm proud to share his music with you and all the littles, even Saliza. Isn't that nice? Michael, if people like Brody Bond want to get their music played on this podcast in its entirety when I'm done yapping, how does that accomplished? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyCornizerShow.com. It's really nice music. It's really nice music. We're doing a news segment now. Um, we've had a lot of feedback on the news segments, some good, some bad. I like doing them. I think they're sort of fun. Uh, so we got Gary is with us. Chris is with us. And Nigel will take over and make this happen. Go ahead. Would you share some of the bad feedback first? Yeah, I'm supposing that was mostly about me, I'm guessing. He's the good me and the bad Gary. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) Most people people like the idea of doing it and just wish we were better at it. (laughs) That's all. Just wish we were better. It's almost as if we could all be in the same room Hmm. together. If we could be in the same room together like we used to be, it would be better. So we're trying to do it this way. Okay, go ahead. Well, we'll give it a best shot now. Um, Mr. Tony, last week, your President Biden, the First Lady, uh, Dr. Jill Biden, uh, made a trip down to Georgia where they visited former President Jimmy Carter and his wife, Rosalind Carter. And there was a photograph taken of this, which appears to make uh, the Bidens look like Bob Danagians and the Carters mm. looking like Lilliputians. Uh, and it, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> if, if you haven't Joe. seen this, I looked at this today on the front page of the style section of the Washington Post. I'm sure all of you people can find this in one form or another. The Carters do not look alive. They look like dolls. They look like dolls. Chris, Gary, have you seen this? I, I have seen the picture of, uh, of HGH, Joe and Jill. And it, it's, uh, I, I believe it, it's been attributed to having been taken with a, a wide angle or sometimes called a fisheye yeah. lens in, in what is right. a very tight space. But the weirder thing to me is that that photo ever got out. I mean, someone re- decided to release that, right? right it's so odd it. looking. They saw it, and they were like, 
yeah, this checks out. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird, Tony. It's, it's to your point. It it's all, like really I'm not putting. I'm not kidding. The fact that both Bidens are kneeling down by chairs, Jill Biden kneeling by Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden kneeling by Rosalind Carter. It the first thing you think of is my God, they're marionettes, and the Bidens are going to pull strings on their heads and make them dance the Q and talk. Cue crowd will have a field day with this one, right? Right, also, it's just... what I don't understand is Jimmy Carter is the former president of the United States. He only possesses two chairs in his home. Like, <laughs> yeah. why couldn't they find two more chairs? I don't understand. Like, in theory, it was like a staged picture, right? They weren't like, oh, everybody get together. Like, they figured they were going to take a picture. Like, just find two more chairs. It looks like Biden... Joe Biden looks to me like, you know, in that in, in um, like the high school basketball picture where the one guy is like standing, kneeling in front, holding the basketball like right. yeah. the president, like we couldn't find him a chair. I That's, think it's, uh, it's everything about it. Like to Gary's point that it was taken is a little bit weird that it was released is 10 times weirder. It's reminiscent of an old uh, fishing trick where you would like hold the fish far out from your oh, body right. for the picture to make it <laughs> right. look bigger. Yeah. It's just really, really weird. And, you know, Joe Biden is six feet tall. I mean, he's not as big as Trump. He's not. No, I mean, he looks like six feet tall. in that picture, though. Yeah. And he's and, and, and Carter is little. I mean, he was never tall. And he, I mean, Getting but, smaller but all the time. Three, he's not three feet tall. Like well, that's you look it. In that photo. It's just it's people need to see it. And then and then <laughs> just agree with Gary that how can this how can you put this out? Who can put this yeah. out? It's crazy. PR okay, failed. what else? What else? Uh, Mr. Tony, as, uh, as businesses and universities and other organizations uh, start to uh, move back into normal phases of operation, uh, a big question facing is the ethics and legality of a corona, uh, coronavirus vaccine mandate. Um, you know, in other words, requiring your employees or these students to get vaccines before they can come to work or go back to school. And, I, and the big hurdle in this is that this is just a provisionally approved uh, vaccine. It's not something that's actually it's, it's conditionally approved for emergency use and that apparently is providing a loophole for people that want to contest companies or universities that say you must get a vaccine before you can come back to us so let's start with with gary and then go to chris because gary has children in schools and a daughter in in college do you have any thoughts as to the safety issues here and do you want to make sure that everyone is completely vaccinated i'll ask chris for the legal opinion on that well i don't have uh, um, how do I answer this? Well, I, I hadn't considered the the EUA, the emergency youth author, uh, emergency use authorization aspect of this. I mean, I, I saw yeah. this story and I felt like I'm not sure this is new. I mean, places already do this. Chris, I'm sure your kids need a bunch of shots to attend the that, academy for the that, offspring of the pretentious it, or wherever they go. The, and it seems like uh, I believe it, it's the elite. It's the elite who have fostered big brain children. Is what the school is so this strikes me as a basic public health measure that we've kind of had my entire life. But we're so riled up about this vaccine or or whatever you want to call it, because some fail to acknowledge it's a vaccine because, you know, liberty or whatever. Uh, so this, I mean, it's it's a good handoff to Chris because this probably ends up in the courts at some point for, to, for higher it, powers than I to decide on. Well, as I'm polishing my Harvard Law degree, let me just say, I mean, from inside so the I'm Tesla, not a <laughs> exactly inside the Tesla, talking on my new AirPod Pros. Um, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm with Gary in that. We already, if your kids go to public school, they have to have vaccinations except for religious or medical exemptions, right? So so this isn't new. Um, businesses, my belief is that a business is a private, as we're talking about businesses versus the government, businesses are private entities and therefore can make basically not whatever rules they like, but many of the rules that they like. You don't have to like them. But you also don't have to work there. So I think what you'll see is there will be companies who make mandate, who make vaccine mandates. There will be people who refuse. I read about a nurse who's refusing because uh, most she said most vaccines take 
uh, you know, five years to create. This one took one year. And to, as Nigel and Gary mentioned, it's under an emergency use authorization. M- my guess is that the companies will say, look, this is the policy. You didn't follow the policy. You're, we're going to fire you. Then the person will appeal and, and it will end up in the courts. But Nigel is right that everything currently is being hinged on the fact that it's an emergency use authorization, which, which sort of truncates the approval time and process for these things, right. obviously because they wanted to get as many shots in arms as possible. But from what I have read, and again, not a lawyer, sorry, Mom, uh, <laughs> from what I have read, that is a relatively thin strand on which to hang things. That there, is, there is nothing that would suggest that just because it's an emergency use authorization that then means that you are not a company cannot mandate it. So, Chris, I do don't you, do know you, how companies are going to come down on it. I mean, I think companies are weary of mandating it because they don't necessarily want to get in the middle of a massive legal fight, right, with their employees. Right, I think right. they do could. Chris, do you have any idea? I haven't seen anything about this. Like when it would graduate, or whatever the process is, from an EUA to an approved vaccine. I don't. Is there... that's, a, that's. I mean, it's an FDA process, presumably, right? It all goes. Right. It all goes through yes. them. Um, I. I don't know. I mean, most of what I've seen here is probably what you've seen, which is that that it's. We're now more focused on. So I, you know, I'm focused on this because I have a 12 year old, 12 to 15. Yeah, uh, kids twelve to sixteen getting, and then by September maybe t- t- kids two to eleven. But I have not seen like when it transfers through. But but it does. Not to use the word loophole tone, and that strikes me as what this is for the emergency use authorization. Now that so doesn't let- mean that a loophole doesn't doesn't allow them to not get the vaccine. I mean, plenty of loopholes have been uh, exploited over time. But I just I don't understand. I mean, first of all, I don't understand it because it's a public good. Getting, getting the shot, in my opinion, is, is, is a, is you are, it, it, it is a civic responsibility. But even if it, you don't view it that way, we already do this for many of – I mean, you can't go to public school unless you have certain vaccines, unless you have a religious or medical exemption. So maybe they'll do some sort of religious or medical exemption. Well, that's, no what, that's what people will claim. This is yeah. – this is what I, mean, I want to get to. In the vaccine. I mean, the, I don't. It seems to me that it will end up in court because everything ends up in court, yeah. and it will end up in front yeah. of the Supreme Court. And I think it ought to end up in front of the Supreme Court with all deliberate speed, because you're going to have small businesses in particular that are going to say to an employee, "Look, you got to have this. We can't have yeah. you. We we can't. We want to bring people into the store, and we're afraid." To bring the people in the store if you are not vaccinated, and so you're either going to have to do this or you're going to have to leave, and and you don't want this to wait three, five, eight years or something like that. You want it to be decided as quickly as possible. And and well, the other so question, I'm looking the other for question that. I have, Tone. The other question I have is how do they? I mean, this is a different thing, but how will companies? Let's say a company does mandate it. Will they require you to show? We all have these now. Our vaccine card with our. I'm not two, even sure you can. It's like a hit. I, I don't know. The thing like I, like because yeah. otherwise, not that I don't trust people, but I don't trust people. I mean, otherwise you're just it's just anybody. I mean, of course you could say you got it. I mean, there's no. It's not like well to the a, to the business end. How easy would it be to just promote it? Yeah, our, our business, we're promoting that we are, our we're staff all is fully vaccinated. We're open. Come on in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm coming right. and trusting that because right now that card, there's a huge market of people who are buying these. I can't even say it's illegal because it's just a piece of paper. Right. And I yeah. think at some point the numbers on your card are corresponding to a federal data bank. But then you start to wonder what sort of access do we get to that type oh. of information? And there is, as Dad says, with this deliberate speed. The most important time is now in terms of what this three-month roll it is as you come to this hesitancy about the second shot or yeah. or finally reaching this end of people who are willing to take the shot. Bottom line, so, you want and, the news and, and to be good you, again, get the shot. When, right? you, right. when you offer people an exception for a religious belief, everybody's going to run under that tent who doesn't right. want the shot. Everybody's going to do that. All right, what else? I do, I, I do love, Tone, just quickly, I do love the thing that they're doing now. They're incentivizing, like... Come get your shot, and we'll give you a free beer. How amazing! Yeah, is that? Yeah, like, shot, a shot, shot for a shot. Beer. I've, I've shot seen a beer. shot for a shot. 
Yeah, yeah Shatter's like doing that. Lowest common denominator. <laughs> you leches. You'll love that. You like to get drunk, right? Like, yeah, it's just, just amazing. I was like, they're giving people money. Like, I would have Money, 100 bucks. I was going to get $100. I heard they're handing out free MRIs. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, that sounds okay. What else? Nine copies of Tony's book. <laughs> yeah. what else? Uh, Tony, I know you wanted to talk about um, where the states are in terms of opening up again or tightening restrictions. Um, most in, uh, most everywhere in the country, uh, restrictions are easing. There are a few states that are tightening restrictions as we speak. Washington State has just paused there two week, uh, for two weeks. Uh, they're easing restrictions, Oregon and West Virginia. But a few states are also completely open, including Montana, Arizona, Iowa, Missouri, Florida. Oklahoma. Florida's completely open yeah florida yeah. georgia and florida texas florida yes. florida the, the the governor just said hey you know come on down we're we're completely open no yeah, okay i don't know uh, i don't and know some, what else some sad news uh, on the marital front uh it looks like those crazy kids bill and melinda gates are not going to make it uh after 27 years they are filing for divorce some interesting things coming out with this um first of all they did not have a prenup so uh, he's worth 130 odd billion dollars. So it'll be interesting to see how that is divvied up uh, without that. Um, also, it turns out that the Gates are tremendous landowners in the United States. Uh, they've got their own nearly 270,000 acres of land across more than a dozen states uh, in the vast majority, uh, including 242,000, is farmland, which is 50,000 acres more than uh, the next largest family holding of land in the United States. It's just something you don't ordinarily think of with Bill Gates as being a huge landowner, but that is something they've obviously spent quite a bit of time uh, investing in. Also interesting, apparently he's got a huge portrait of Jim Nance in his foyer came out hello friend (laughs) uh you know people grow apart grow together grow apart whatever it's it's fine i i I don't worry about the divvying up of the money because there's so much money yes and if it's 50 50 which seems reasonable to me if it's 50 50 everybody's you know what are we talking about my my position typically with respect to commenting on divorce is i don't know I don't like to speculate what's going on in marriages because I hardly yeah. even know what's ever going on in mine. Totally. Um, so totally. the guy is undisputedly the the charity king of the world. Maybe he's just trying to sure. come up with a new way to spread his fortune around or something. As, as you would say, yeah. Tony, vaya con Dios, which I think yeah, is Spanish con for Dios, go, go with, with Dios. Yes. And yeah. um, th- he's constitution- <laughs> they, they are both constitutionally guaranteed the right to the pursuit of happiness like the rest of us. Go get happy, sure. man. I mean, you know, yeah. it's a and good run. What else? To that point, to that point, by the way, Bezos divorce, Gates divorce, money, even beyond generational wealth will not necessarily make you happy. Reminder, 9,427. Yeah, I'll give here's, it a shot. Here's what will definitely <laughs> not make you happy. Tanner Rainey coming into the say. game. Yes. No, he Doesn't, should be never... I can't. I, I I sent Michael a text about this last night, where right before uh, it was before Enoa hit the the pitcher hit a four hundred and thirty foot grand slam, but before that happened, fairly positive. Welcome back, by the way. Uh, was saying like, tell you what, Rainey's uh, fastball has been ticking up in the velocity lately. Uh huh. Oh, that, well, sure left the is? yard fast. Yeah, because yeah. the pitcher hit it 9,000 feet. So awful. The pitcher had home runs in back-to-back games, and that wasn't even, that's not even like a pitcher home run that barely leaves like the right field. You know, no, 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 no doubt it's just off dead center. Yeah, Tanner Rainey's line right. on the night, by the way. Two-thirds of an inning, two hits, four and runs, two walks. Oh, his ERA stands at just an even 10 right now, so that's nice. Just, Got explosive yeah. stuff, though. Get out of here. Get the fastball's here. ticking up. What else? Uh, just one more story. Uh, just oh, one more story. Um, well, let's yeah. do the story about the uh, the mosquitoes down in, uh, in sure. Florida, Mr. Tony. So there's a problem with mosquitoes down there carrying uh, a number of viruses. That's the Aedes aegypti mosquitoes. Uh, I'm probably mispronouncing that. Um, but they, uh, they carry uh, the virus, the Zika virus and things like that. So they've got this plan. They say, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring in genetically modified mosquitoes, introduce them into these areas where these other mosquitoes are. And then now these genetically modified mosquitoes are all male. And so they'll mate, the idea is that they mate with the females of this other species. And then the females, because of the genetic engineering, will only have male children. So they will breed out 
so there will be no more mosquitoes. Does that make sense? May your first child be a masculine child. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Makes this sense. This is I don't, I'm not the sure worst it's a good idea. idea I've ever heard. Why anybody would trust mosquitoes oh to follow God. some genetically altered plan is beyond comprehension. Has no one it's seen Jurassic so Park? Bad. This is not going to end well. Such a bad or, or idea. <laughs> yes. I mean, we such all know that this will result in super mosquitoes that are of course it will. to everything. Eight right? feet tall. Yes. And they'll kill yeah, everybody. COVID spreading mosquitoes. Yeah. So it's stupid. Like that fish Where? that could walk. It's the same situation. That yeah. fish oh, yeah, the Frankenfish. Maryland pond. Yeah. Just, just what are you Snake doing? Head. What are yeah. you doing? God. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Thank Fauci. you, Jerry. Thank you, Chris. See you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, we will take a break. We will come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the new Hera ad. This stuff is really, really good. And Michael, we need to make sure it works perfectly for me and I can control the hearing because when I had it in my ears and it was working, I could hear everything. Yeah, we'll switch back and forth from the amplifying your soundscape to listening to music. I want to do all that. I want to hear because after 30 years of sticking buds in my ear to do radio and television, like everybody else, I would have lost hearing anyway. But I've lost even more hearing because I'm used to a higher amplification. Now, I wonder if it can help you separate all those voices you hear. You got Kelleher, Ride Home. I know. Well, I can recognize some voices. And then, you know, the voices inside my head yeah. I can recognize too. I am using the new Hera IQ Buds 2 Max. It's the next generation of hearable technology that gives you the power to control and alter your soundscape. And if you have trouble hearing, even if you don't have trouble hearing, I, my guess is if you put these things in, you're going to hear with clarity and precision that you didn't even know you had a problem because everybody after a while has a problem. You're going to be blown away with the IQ Buds 2 Max. It's no wonder they were selected as one of Time's best inventions in 2020. Experience the world's most advanced hearing bud for yourself. Go to newhera.com to order today. New N-U-Hera, H-E-A-R-A.com. Newhera.com to experience the magic of IQ Buds 2 Max. This is a Simply Safe ad. Simply Safe is an award-winning home security system, so you know it's engineered with the latest technology you want to keep your family safe. But what really sets Simply Safe apart is its people, highly trained security experts who are always there for you when you need them most. These are people who truly care about keeping you safe. When an alarm goes off, a person who cares is there for you with a phone call to make sure you're okay. When an emergency happens, a person who cares is there for you by getting fire and police responders to your front door right away. Even if you're just having a problem setting up your system, a person who cares is there for you with a friendly chat and a quick resolution. And the bottom line is, when you need the most, Simply Safe is there 24-7 with people who care and experts trained to not only keep you safe, but to make you feel safe. To learn more about how Simply Safe can help protect you and your family, visit simplysafe.com slash Tony today to customize your system and get a free security camera. You also get a 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. That's Simply Safe, S-I-M-P-L-I, simplysafe.com slash Tony. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's mailbag, got your email faxes and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Gonna read some for all you folks. Thank you, Gary. It's an honor of Gary being on the show today. Nigel, you want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad, please? Yes, thank you, Mr. Tony. Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. All you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you, then pop on in, and you'll be thrilled. So, Nigel writes something every day, and most of the time it's music that I recognize, and I don't recognize this at all. I will read it. <laughs> Aristotle was not Belgian. The central message of Buddhism is not every man for himself, and the London Underground is not a political movement. Where is that from? That's uh, from A Fish Called Wanda. That's when Wanda is yelling at Otto, correcting him on a number of okay. things. Okay. Okay. So that's Jamie Lee Curtis. And Kevin and Klein. Kevin Klein, who's a great physical comedian. Yeah, won an Oscar great for that, physical I believe. Yes. Just great. Thanks to our guests today, Brian Windhorst, Gary Braun, Chris Saliza. Thanks to our sponsors today, Indochino, Simply Safe, New Hera, Spoonful of Comfort. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. And if you get the show through iTunes, please leave us a review. Any typos in that send-off? 
No, that's fine, actually. Well, there's a couple of things are spelled wrong, but I, you know, the, the product themselves, but I know how to deal with it, you know. Um, we have a lot of Finch things. Ooh. Yeah. This is from Jason in Hilton Head in South Carolina. Mr. Tony, no fantasy Finch contest just yet on DraftKings, but I'm sure soon we will be able to get our piece of the Finch millions. Carla Corrado in Columbus, Ohio. I listened intently to President Biden's address to the nation last week, waiting for his immigration reform message. To my dismay, not once did he mention those Finch immigrants from Guyana. I knew that build a wall thing wouldn't fly because regardless of how high, you cannot contain birds with a wall. I thought the president would at least recognize that foreign Finches are taking American Finches jobs. Not a peep, she writes. By the way, if there are 100, more than 100 Finches at a contest, I heard Bette Midler and Secretariat would show up to perform, but that may be an urban myth. Uh, we, have a, we have a haiku from Shad. Bring it strong and win. Earthworms for life if you lose. It's Finch Filet. So that's like Chick-fil-A, Finch Filet. Uh, from Jen Canuthru-Rye. After the Finch talk last week, I think there are some obvious questions that need to be answered. First and foremost, will there be a Finch bracket week next year? Will Phil's mom be bold enough to take the seventh-seeded Finch to win it all? Furthermore, will there be prop bets, starting with how many Finches will fit in your pants before TSA catches you? Or how long until Jesse or one of my cats eats the Finches? I'll hang up and listen. The Finch thing, we should get more on that. There's got to be follow-up stories. From Jim Berry in Woodbine, Maryland. I wanted to offer my advice as you seem completely incredulous that anyone could actually handicap songbird competitions. Whenever I bet on finches, I always go with Atticus. He's the goat. That's, that's pretty funny if you've read the book or seen the play. From Tom Mule in Bowie, Maryland, I heard you were wondering how you would know which Guyana finch to bet on. Luckily for you, your good friend Andy Byers started following finch singing in his retirement after he stopped covering horse racing. He has developed the Byers song figs that you can use. Just follow his advice when betting and rake in the cash. From Chris Anderson in Silver Spring, Maryland. How do you know what finch to bet on? You buy the daily chirping form on the way to the park. The paper publishes the past performance of Songbirds as a statistical service for bettors. As I'm sure you know, the buyer's speed figs from Songbirds appear exclusively in the daily chirping form. Like anything else, past performance is the key to picking Songbird winners. However, I always do well on rainy afternoons when I bet on mutters. Not hello mutter, hello fodder. Starting gate positions only matter at the big events like the Queen's Derby at Phil Rizzuto Park. Yes, that is the real name of the park, Phil Scooter Rizzuto Park. Why is it in Queens and not in the Bronx where he played or Brooklyn where he was born is beyond me. From Jeff Barger in Hillsborough, North Carolina on a different topic. Thank you for sharing your love of that thing you do. I often call my daughters Guy Patterson because they leave the lights on after leaving a room and they know exactly what I'm talking about. The scene where they hear their record on the radio for the first time is fabulous and brings back memories when AM radio was everything. They hear it for the first time and then they all run into the store and they're all thrilled in the store. From Sean Ramage in Media, Pennsylvania, you may be aware that your son Bill Simmons hosts a podcast called The Rewatchables. Just in case, this podcast does a deep dive on one movie per episode that is eminently rewatchable. You're waxing rhapsodic and completely accurately on the classic that is that thing you do. Led me to one conclusion. You and Simmons must do a rewatchables on this. It'll be podcast gold. I've not heard that. Have you heard that? Yeah. The rewatchable? Yeah. Sure, I would Part do of their that. Network. Has Bill has Bill seen the movie, that thing you do? I'm sure Bill, he has. I'm not sure if that's I'll call Bill their, and find out if that's story. it. Uh, from Patrick Sitter in Sioux Falls. Dear Grandpa REM Sleeper, I'm sending this email on Thursday. Or wait, is it Friday? No, Wednesday. Oh, my God, is it Saturday? And why am I wearing women's clothing? Um, from Josh Hurth, the official Subaru ambassador of the Tony Kornheiser Show. From 2000 to 2008, Subaru made an upgraded L.L. Bean trim line on their Outback and Forester models, where many options came standard. I'm assuming those options included loving your child more than the family next to you in traffic and, of course, articulated knees. And one more from Jared Schofer, who, as you remember, is walking across the United States of America. Remember that guy who said he was going to walk across America to raise money for cancer research? Well, I'm in Oklahoma City, and I'm more than halfway across in just 45 days. So far, highlights include sharing miles with fellow little Dean Hops in Phoenix, eating lots of payday bars because they don't melt, and visiting the very large array in New Mexico, which is not as hard to say as wide array. I'm pushing a stroller to hold my food, water, and gear, and I just gave it a new sticker. See attached, and it says TK on it. Oh, I'm it guessing TK. it's a Bob stroller. 
A Bob's stroller? Yeah. What is that? It's got rugged tires. Okay. More of a jogging um, stroller. Also, I really enjoyed what you said the other day about how smart math majors are because I have a PhD in math. Eat it, Saliza. Hopefully back in five to six weeks. If you're out on your bike tonight, as always, do wear white. Come on, man. What are we doing out there, man? Now 